News is one of the most insightful businesswomen that I know. Sarah is absolutely amazing. Sarah's wisdom, enthusiasm, and positive outlook on life motivates me to be a better person. Her ability to see the very best in people is just awesome. Sarah's coaching and mentoring inspired me to become an entrepreneur. What an inspiration. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I am joined by my handsome co-host, who happens to be my husband, Adam. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? Good, good. Okay, so today's episode is super fun because we have the president of the Houston Astros, Reed Ryan, on our show. So great. He is awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun to talk to him um, because we go way back, which is so cool. And that starts from when you were an intern with him many years ago. Yeah. You know, those friends that you can measure in decades. Mm -hmm. He's one of those. And uh, somebody it's funny to think that 20 years later, we're talking about being friends with him for 20 years. And mm -hmm. I can remember when I was a little kid, probably 12 years old, <laughs> I had some canaries and I named him Reed. Uh, Wendy and Reese and so it was after him I was 12 years old a uh, big Nolan Ryan fan so yeah I uh, knew that they had some kids and and uh, and so I've always been interested in that family and, and we just got blessed to get to know them and have them part of our life okay can we time out how did I not know you had canaries I don't know like I'm surprised that hadn't come up <laughs> I mean we've been married almost 15 years and I didn't know you had canaries well I was 12 Maybe eight. I mean, but when we, <laughs> babe, but when you talk about like pets I had growing up, like I knew you had a donkey, which is kind of odd. And I knew you had dogs out the wazoo. Canaries, never knew it. Yeah, it's not something we really talk about. <laughs> Nothing that uh, they didn't make a big not impact a in my life. Not a hot topic. So. Okay. Okay. So back to Reed off of birds. But um, so Nolan, this is Nolan Ryan's son that you started working for. And he talks about how he started this baseball team in Round Rock. And you were an intern. How did you get that job? You know, we had an opportunity to get to know each other when I was in high school. He actually came and threw batting practice to our team. Oh, that's uh, he awesome. He got a, a brand new car, drove it to, to come up, and sure enough, uh, somebody else on our team hit a foul ball, hit his car while he was there. So I uh, still feel awful about it, but uh, he was just that kind of guy. He was mm -hmm. always present, always available, and uh, willing to drive 30 miles to come up and, and throw BP to us. But it was a huge treat for us, a, a great athlete, played minor league baseball for a long time, played at the University of Texas, TCU. We don't just, hold that uh, against him too bad. Since he went to TCU, it, it, we, we accept that a little better than <laughs> UT. But, uh, but either way, wish he was a Sooner. But we yeah. get some great uh, bets going on once the football season Do you think he around. wishes he was a Sooner? Like, after the beatings we give him? He definitely wishes he was a Sooner. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Well, he's just an awesome guy. So one of my favorite memories of him learning about him early on. Do you remember the trash story when you guys were getting ready for opening day in Corpus Christi and you were like tasks tasked with taking all the trash out or something like to, and then the other person tasked with it was Reed. 
It was. It was uh, not actually trash. It was a blower. So we okay. uh, strapped blowers on like backpacks, and we walked around the entire ballpark just blowing uh, trash, probably try, <laughs> trying to clean it up last minute. But he was right there with us, and, and he's one of those leaders that's out there. Mm-hmm. He's going to do everything that, that he asks you to do. He's going to do it right with you. And uh, that's, those are the things that make him stand out. He Nothing's too good for him. He wants yeah. to be a part of it and be a team player. I love that. Okay, my other, I have like 5,000 favorite read stories, but probably my all-time favorite was you had left the hooks to go work for the Memphis Tigers. And I was three days away from, I was overdue with Lucy in my belly, getting ready to have her. And he calls you up and says, hey, I'm going to be in Memphis. I'd love to take you and your family out to breakfast. Well, since Lucy was about to be born, my whole family was there. So he takes us all out to breakfast. I am super naive thinking that he's there to watch baseball or to greet Lucy as she's being born. Little did I know that he had something serious up his sleeve, which you didn't tell me until about a week after Lucy was born. So tell me about that, babe. (laughs) Yeah, so I had the great idea to go up to Memphis, and and with Lucy being born, we thought it would be great to get closer to family and and try a path that would get us into college athletics and try to get closer to Tulsa. And and the path seemed to work right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when Reed came in, uh, he turned around and said, offered a, a great job and a great opportunity to come back. And that was one of the hard things with where I was, was I didn't see an opportunity for growth and um, when I left he created an opportunity for mm-hmm. growth so he came back up and uh, and offered a great job to come back and the next thing you know I had to come to you after we for just months prior uh, moved our entire house everything up there and then and asking you to uh, pick up and move back to Corpus Christi yeah. that uh, I that didn't go over very well. <laughs> well, new baby back to the city that I had thought we said goodbye to. But we came back and it was still so sweet and it was a great experience. And it's just one of my favorite stories because I was super naive to think he was really just coming to, you know, say, hey, he had something planned. <laughs> but that's kind of been the story as long as we've known him. He's mm-hmm. been a huge part of every step that we've gone to. Huge. He's a huge mm-hmm. mentor. Every move that we make, we, we kind of consult him and see what he thinks. And he yeah. always has such wise advice. But I don't think over 20 years that another name has popped up more in our conversations of dreaming. We're always right. thinking of Reed and, and kind of using him as a great example, not just from what he's done on the business side, but what he's done as a family member. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and I think he's such a great example of being a good dad and being involved mm-hmm. and uh, also being great at work yeah uh, great at home great at work he's not very good on the golf course <laughs> so you know what's really funny is we he talks exactly that he said you can be a good husband a good dad or a good golfer you got to pick two of the three and he said i'm not very good at golf and you pinned it so you probably heard him say that I before have heard him say that, but he is actually a lot better at golf but he's uh, just an athlete. That's yeah. the only reason. Yeah, I love it. Well, and two, to watch him and his wife, Nicole. I mean, she's bombshell beautiful, but also her heart. We talked a lot on the podcast about Jana's house, which we'll let him share more. But that's really tugged at our heartstrings. And even tonight at dinner, we were talking to kids about a trip. And they said, are we going to Africa? Because that's on our list of places that we really dream to go. And it's because of the Ryan family. Yeah, that Janice house is unbelievable. 
it was something that uh, he came to Chris Almendaris, a great friend of ours, uh, who lost his wife, great Jana. And uh, when when that happened, he said, hey, we're going to raise $250,000 mm-hmm. and try to build this home for our kids. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, uh, they raised more than that just in days. Yeah. And it was a dream. He, I don't know why he thought that he needed to be the one to, to go do yeah. that, but he stepped out. He made that idea that the, that's what they were going to do. And yeah. It was awesome. Did. Yeah. So awesome. And being the guy that he is, no wonder it was easy to raise that money because of his patterns of success. People knew people now want to be in on everything Reed does, which is so cool. So let's jump over and listen to Reed Ryan, the president of the Houston Astros. Today on my show, Reed Ryan. How are you, Reed? I'm doing great, Sarah. How are you today? I am so excited to have you on this podcast. Um, We had you speak at our Tippy Toes conference this summer, and it's still what everybody is talking about. Just um, so much wisdom from you. So I appreciate that, and I wanted you to share with our listeners today all that we learned at the conference. So first, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, My name's Reed Ryan, and I'm the president of the Houston Astros. Uh, I've been in business uh, since my early 20s. I grew up in the game of baseball. My dad is a Hall of Fame player, a guy named Nolan Ryan, who played 27 years. Um, I was a college baseball player and wanted to play in the big leagues. Got drafted, played a couple years in the minor leagues. And then one day I showed up in spring training and my jersey was not in my locker anymore. And I realized that I was going to have to do something with the rest of my life. And so, um, you know, really grew up wanting to work for myself, uh, to be an entrepreneur and just ended up deciding that, you know what, my wife was in college at the time we got married when she was in school. And so I said, you know, I, I want to get a job in baseball. And so I went to work for the Texas Rangers and I was working with them, kind of trying to figure out what the next steps were going to be in my life, uh, because you got to pay the bills. Right. And I just, uh, I decided one night that I wanted to go to Austin and start a professional baseball team. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's kind of how I got started. That is amazing. Now, I think it's pretty awesome that you said that because that's a huge dream to have. And, um, but it took taking action. And I mean, I don't know, did you have the money to just go buy a team? I mean, there's a process to that, right? So how does that, how do you go from the idea of, hey, I want to buy a baseball team to actually purchasing a baseball team? Yep. So great question. Uh, to answer first, number one, no, I did not have the money. Um, secondly, we're talking about a minor league team, so it's not a major league team. Uh, and I knew that I could run a team. I knew that I could get an election passed. I knew that I could talk an owner into selling to us because mm-hmm. what's unusual about baseball, uh, there's only 30 clubs per each level really of the majors, triple A and double A. And so it's not like you can just go start a team. And so I found right. a businessman in Jackson, Mississippi. And I guess first I'd start off by saying, you know, I'm, I'm blessed because I had access to capital. Right. Uh, you know, if you don't have access to capital, it's really hard to do things. And as a you know, young entrepreneur, um, you know, there's a lot of times people find angel investors or 
you know, folks that are willing to back them because of their energy and their commitment. And and I think that's the first thing you have to do. Right. And so uh, I obviously went to my dad who, you know, was a major league player and, and had money and said, hey, look, I'd like to go do this. Um, and he said, well, I want you to go talk to a guy in New Orleans named Jay Miller, who we knew, and, and go get Jay's opinion and learn the business. And so I went and met with Jay several times, talked to him about the business came back and then my dad said, Hey, look, I want you to go visit with, uh, Don Sanders, who mm-hmm. was one of the owners of the Astros and is a successful businessman in Houston and visited with Don a couple times. And Don said, yeah, I love the idea. I'd love to invest in it. And so before I knew it, I had developed a business plan and I had two investors That's awesome. and really at that point I had to go find a team. And so I went to Jackson, Mississippi. There was a businessman there named Con Maloney. He and his family own uh, electronic appliance stores. And they had a team that had been struggling, you know, for a while. It was 20 plus years old. And uh, they realized that their market might not be able to support a double A team or support uh, a team in the Texas League because they really were the furthest east club in Jackson, Mississippi. And that affected travel costs and a bunch of other things. Right. So long story short, I was able to cut a deal, had a handshake deal. Uh, all I had to do was go find a city that was willing to let us move to. And I started that trek. You know, all this was kind of going on simultaneously. Yeah. But I started meeting with people around the Austin market, uh, the mayor of Austin, the mayor of Georgetown, the mayor of San Marcos, mayor of Round Rock, different municipalities. And ended up settling in on Round Rock and had a great connection with the city and with the mayor and with the people. And they were looking for something to hang their hat on that that had them stand out from the city of Austin. This is in the late 1990s. And so uh, we were able to strike a deal and and everything came together and, and we were able to get it done. That's amazing. Well, and that's kind of where Adam came into the piece of the puzzle where we actually got to meet you because his dad was part of the city. And so I remember learning this later, but that, um, you know, you and Jim became friends. And for Adam being a high school baseball player, like this was huge for the city of Round Rock to bring this in. And you were a young guy with a fresh idea. And so I can only imagine the city just backing it 100%, you know, being able to stick out from Austin, which was, you know, a vibrant city. Um, so that's that's really incredible. Did you come up with detours and failures in in those moments or did it really just come together? One of those God things that just like, hey, this was meant to happen. Oh, no, there were there were lots of detours along the way. Um, so we got started in 90, really in, in 98 and was able to sort of put the money together, which a lot of times is people's hardest part of the deal. Right. I was able to find a person willing to sell their club that had a lease that expired when we wanted to open in, in the year 2000. And I was able to find a municipality that was willing to partner with us. And what the city of Round Rock decided to do was use hotel motel tax, which cannot be used on anything except tourism, to build this facility. A lot of cities use it for their convention centers or their, you know, multi-purpose event centers. And so Round Rock decided to use it on what later became the Dell Diamond, but we, we designed it in a manner that it had multiple uses. So it's a baseball stadium. There's a conference center in it. It's set up for trade shows and a bunch of other stuff. That's and so like all small town politics, um, 
one group of people didn't like the group of people that was in charge mm -hmm. and passed what was called initiative referendum, where they got a petition signed by 10 percent of the people that 10 percent of the number of folks that voted in the last election. And they had a city council race that only had 2000 people vote. So that meant they needed 200 signatures yeah. to take away the power of using hotel motel tax by the city council and putting that use to a total vote of the citizens. Wow. And so that pushed us back uh, until November of 98 when we had to have an election versus the spring of 98. So it cost us about six months of construction time. Um, we, we won the election, but that drove our construction cost up from originally what we thought would be about $15 million up to $25 million. Wow. Just like so that. It, That's a yeah. So it ended up costing us a lot of money, uh, but both the city and our group, and we did a 50-50 partnership uh, on the deal, um, you know, and they bonded their money and we went traditional bank financing yeah. uh, and signed on the notes and everything. But we were able to get everything done. And so at the end of the day, look, for my first rattle out of the, you know, box yeah. is a 26 year old going and starting my own business. You know, I had a, you know, a $30 million project going uh, in the matter of six months because the purchase price on the team was 5 million bucks. So it got real, real quick. Right. But then we, we also opened up to rave reviews and 20 years later have had one of the most successful franchises in all of minor Absolutely. league baseball. I love that. I think it's so cool listening to you like 26 years old because a lot of people that listen to this podcast, they're sitting in an idea still and trying to take action, but it doesn't sound like you wasted any time. It's like, I'm out of school. I'm married. I need money. This is what I want to do. And I think that's fantastic. And you knew the right people and also your background. I mean, you knew baseball. And so you were into something that you knew really well. Um, okay. So you're, you're leading this team. You're the president of the team. What sparked you to then add another team to it? Was it just that fun? Well, I mean, so getting into it real quick, what you said, I think the key was I, I felt a passion. I think mm -hmm. to be truly successful, you have to have a passion for what it is you do. And, and I love the game of baseball. I love the joy that it brings to people's lives. And so uh, that's really where the spark was. And it's been, you know, we're working even today as president of the Astros I'm getting here at 8.30 most days and going home at 10.30, and I'm doing that 100-plus days a year. Yeah. And I'm not home for dinner you know, very often. It's probably maybe one out of every three days. Mm -hmm. So you got to love what you do. But, right. but moving on from Round Rock, so we opened in 2000. Um, my brother graduates college. You know, we're, we're growing. I want him to come join me. He comes and joins me, and the two of us decide first that we're going to start a bank. Now, we had been <laughs> – in banking as a family. I, sh I should say my dad owned banks the whole time I was growing up. Wow, I didn't realize um, that. Yeah, he, you know, he was the first million dollar player mm -hmm. and he had invested money with people and, you know, some of those investments didn't go well and kind of looked around our hometown and said, hey, I want to find some successful mentors. And I think that's the key for all young entrepreneurs is find mentors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm proud to feel like I've been a mentor to you and Adam Absolutely. over the years. Right. And, and hopefully you'll pay that forward to somebody mm -hmm. else one day. Right. And so um, my dad had these mentors, had a guy that, that, you know, he said, look, you should invest in this bank in our hometown. And so my dad got into banking. And one of the greatest gifts he gave us 
was when each one of the kids turned 18, he would put us on the board of the bank so that we got to learn business where you would see, oh, why did this deal not make it? Why Uh did we turn that loan down? Why did, you know, this person have to come in and do a recapitalization or whatever. So you're sitting at 18, sitting in these board meetings at the bank. Once a month. Yeah. Wow. That's FDIC approved. And Mm -hmm. yeah. And sitting on loan committee and everything else. Yeah. Wow. That's like a hands-on experience and unique to many people at that age. So that's awesome. Okay. So you and Reese decide, Hey, we're going to start a bank because we have experience in knowing what to do. Correct. And we had had money coming in from the baseball team. So we went out and we started a bank that we called the Express Bank of Texas Mm -hmm. and raised the capital. This was in 2001 and we opened up. And so we were running, you know, the baseball team, the Round Rock Express. We were running the bank right next to it. And there were some great lessons we learned. You talk about setbacks and things that that happen. Right. Um, We had been in the Houston market with the bank my dad owned in a small town of 25,000 people where most people came in and it wasn't a super competitive environment. They were more worried about what their monthly payment was than what their interest rate was. Mm -hmm. And we moved into Austin where one, it was much bigger deals Two, it was a much more competitive market and it took us a lot longer to get the profitability than we thought. Mm -hmm. And we also were dealing with a young group of, uh, advisors and you know, really directors that started the bank with a much older management team because we weren't the day-to-day operators. We were the owners. Right. And kind of this multi-generational push-pull of the difference between baby boomers and Gen Y and right. Gen X eventually. And so we ended up deciding, look, th- this is not, you know, we're having success. We're making money but we're never going to all see eye to eye on Mm -hmm. the same page as to how we go with this. And so we decided to sell the bank and it ended up being a great deal for us because we sold it to a publicly traded company in a stock and cash deal that ended up getting us two bites at the apple because the stock ended up doubling in price within a year. And so it ended up (laughs) turning into like a, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And that was one where, We had a great idea, but we were lucky with our timing. Mm -hmm. And so once we had that event happen, we've always just rolled our our equity forward. Yeah. Um, Find the next deal to put it in. Keep your money working. You know, live within your means. And so we rolled that money into starting what eventually became the Corpus Christi Hook. So that's a long answer to sort of how we got to doing two teams. Yeah, no, but I love it because I think those are the things that people need to know as they're listening, you know, and they have a dream. It's like sometimes there's detours of like, you know, really didn't end with I want two baseball teams. That wasn't the end goal. It was like, hey, because we were able to be successful in baseball, then banking, it led us into something else. And that's what I think dreaming's about is that you know, we start with one dream, but then we keep moving forward into other things. Um, now, I always remember the day that you were announced as the Houston Astros president because Adam was working for the Hooks and we were, it was on TV. And I remember thinking, is this good for us? Is this bad for us? Because you had been such a mentor and leader in Adam's life and we were worried, hey, you're going to, are you leaving us? But it didn't play out that way. So kind of tell us about getting the call for this big job and kind of the experience of, you know, getting a major league baseball president's position. 
Yeah. So kind of, let me just fast forward a couple of years. So we, we 2000, we start the express and in 01, we start the express bank of Texas. And I say we, because I, I did it, but my, my brother was a driving force behind it. And my dad had a lot of capital as well as my sister and mom. So we, we've kind of done everything together. So then we, we sell that bank and we, we buy the hooks or which actually was moving a, on paper, a franchise from round rock to Corpus doing a whole stadium deal again, almost identical to what happened the first time. And we get running and we have some success. And so we decide we want to get back into the banking business again. And we start another bank that we still own today called our bank Mm -hmm. in 2008. And today we sit with, uh, you know, half a billion dollars in assets. You and Adam are shareholders. Yeah. Love it. And, and it's been successful as you know. Mm -hmm. And so I was sitting in Austin, um, you know, running Ryan Sanders baseball with our friends, the Sanders, uh, having our bank and really three kids and not really looking for any changes in my life. Now, my dad had gone up to Arlington to put a group together to purchase the Texas Rangers in 2008. Mm -hmm. And I had worked behind the scenes to help connect him with some people and sort of be an advisor to him where I could. And so seeing the success he had and going to the World Series with the Texas Rangers in 2010 and 2011 really kind of, you know, got me excited about possibly maybe joining him one day and working with him or doing something at that level. And then I happened to bump into Jim Crane in 2011, (laughs) the owner of the Astros. He had just bought the club out in Phoenix at the Waste Management golf classic and and jim had looked at investing in our teams before and we had some mutual friends and about a year later he remembered that meeting and he reached out to me and said hey look you know i'm thinking about making some changes over here i'd love to talk to you and Mm so came down to houston and and actually turned him down the first time because i just didn't want to leave my situation right that i was in but the more i thought about it the opportunity to work with someone who has achieved so much like Jim has and mm-hmm. learn from him, once again, looking for mentors right? to be able to put my spin because I really believe Ryan Sanders baseball mm-hmm. was the best in the industry and that the fan experience we created in our ballpark was, was unparalleled. Mm-hmm. And just coming to your hometown team and hoping where you, I was born and grew up to try to help lead us to a World Series title was too enticing for me to pass up. Yeah. and couldn't have done it without my brother taking on the responsibilities of the family business that he and I shared. Yeah. Uh, Cause you had then, to release those obligations, correct? Before you could. Yeah. Take- I mean, I, I still am on the board of our bank and I'm still, you know, on the board of the express, but there, you only have so many hours in the day right. and mm-hmm. I'm committed to my family, as you know. Right. And so you can't, you know, be good at work, good at family and good at golf. You know, (laughs) you can only pick two of the three. And so I'm good at family and work. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my favorite things about you and Nicole, because you guys are such a family first. And I think that's what attracts Adam and I early on in our marriage to see. I'll never forget the image of um, me coming to visit Adam at Round Rock when he was interning with you and you Mm -hmm. carrying Jackson on your hip, greeting all the fans. I'm thinking this is my first real experience with minor league baseball. And I'm like, that's what I want too. like me too. And so you and you and Nicole and your kids have always been, you know, steps ahead of us. But Adam and I have always kept our eye on you knowing, Hey, that's the kind of family. That's the kind of environment we want. So that mentorship is huge. Now, as you're talking about, turning down the Astros for the first time. If I remember hearing this story right, 
Nicole was key in your decision. Um, is that right? Like when she said, I remember you saying something that when you guys won the World Series, she looked at you and said, like, aren't you glad you took this job or something like yeah, that? Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. She yeah. wasn't going to let me forget that. That's like the first thing that comes out of her mouth. <laughs> like, you know, she's, she's not scorekeeping at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It, it was great. And it was a deal where I actually ended up calling Jim back and saying, look, I, ma- I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. I really think I should take this job a couple days later. And he was very gracious and said, yeah, man, it's, it's still there for you if you want it. Love so, it. um, that was very, very cool. And, and look, you know, you're only as good as your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't achieve, you know, anything at home and at work unless you have a great spouse yeah. and it's, it's a back and forth, you know, Nicole's responsibility. Uh, and she's an extremely smart lady that could do all kinds of things, but that was, I want to have great kids mm-hmm. and, you know, it's Boy, like you I guys heard you do. say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. You got to water your own grass. Like yeah. you say, you yeah. know, so, um, we put a lot of time into them and, and part of that's fun creating an environment where people can bring their kids and feel like, you know, work is, is, shouldn't be, uh, it, it's a part of who you are. It should not be who you are. Right. Right. I love that. Okay. So your, um, you, your team's doing awesome right now. And you guys were world series champions last year, which, you know, we all went crazy. I know Adam, you know, grabbed Hank early. I think it was like three o'clock in the morning and caught a plane to go see that world series game. How has it been since that still on the high? Obviously you guys are doing great this year. Yeah, it's it's it takes me a second to think about. I mean, it's been such a whirlwind. Um, you don't know what you're getting into until it happens to you. Mm-hmm. Um, would not trade it. It's it's what we all get in the business for. Right. But the amount of people that this has touched uh, is far greater than I could have ever imagined. Mm-hmm. And the demands that come with winning. And just people wanting a piece of your time right. uh, is also beyond what I could have comprehended. And so it's been kind of what I call the new norm. Mm-hmm. I, I hope it, it lasts for a while. We, we have another shot this year. Yeah. And I think it's really learning, you know, where to say yes, where to say no, and how to be respectful of people because it does mean so much to so many people. Uh, you can't just... You, you know, blow folks off. You really have to take the time to hear their story, yeah. hear what it is they want and, and try to let them understand how that fits in with what it is you're doing. God, I love that so much. Well, you have definitely been huge for Adam and I, but it was really cool. Um, Brooke Milam booked you before the World Series to come speak at our Tippy Toes conference. And so kind of how you're talking better to be lucky than good. I'm like, we were just lucky to get on your books before, you know, everybody wanted to have you um, come speak to them. One thing that really stood out to me when you came and spoke to our Tippy Toes people is um, the Bible verse, um, Luke 12, 48, when it, um, it says, when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone mm-hmm. has been entrusted with much, even much more will be required. What I love so much about you and Nicole and your family is you constantly, constantly give back. And really what floored me was what you did with Jana's house. Do you have a second just to share a snippet of that before we let you go? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, so life's funny, you know, 
uh, Sarah, and, I, and first off, I'm so proud of what you and Adam have done. It's great to see people like yourselves uh, putting family first and trying to achieve, you know, both of you are achieving your goals and doing it together, but also strong, independent people that are committed to kids. And so hats off to you. First Thank off, you. That's the, the road less traveled mm-hmm. in this world that we live in today. Um, but getting back to Jana's house, um, you know, I've been blessed to be in a group called YPO, Young Presidents Organization. And there's a lot of people that you meet and that you're associated with that are similar in the fact that they run companies, but they're different because we all have different life experiences. And it's like having a, a individual board of directors that can you can bounce stuff off of with your life. And right. so one of my forum mates um, is a guy that ended up having the ultimate tragedy of having a kid uh, that was, you know, ended up getting cancer and passing away. Mm. And so uh, at the time, it was very tough. And the school that his daughter was in um, decided to build a house at a orphanage in Zambia called Family Legacy that their school had been very involved with yeah. in her honor. And so we gave to that and in, in, in really from afar just donated money. Right. But we watched sort of the power of the healing of that process on my friend and his wife. Mm. And so filing it away and not really ever thinking anything more about it, um, a few years later, our, our now president of the Round Rock Express at the time, he was, he was not um, – we had an ask to send some baseball equipment to this same orphanage. And so we ended up sending it, but we asked him if he and his wife had any desire to go. And they went on the trip to Zambia and came back, changed people. It was Mm -hmm. very inspirational, very emotional to them to see, you know, sort of God's hand with them and and these kids, you know, on the other side of the world. And so uh, they decided to go back again and bring their, their sons. And so shortly after they got back from the second time, um, Chris's wife, Jana, ended up coming down with geoblastoma, which is a, a, a terminal brain tumor. Mm. And at the you know early age of like 45, 46, Jana ended up uh, losing her fight, and it was very quick and a sad deal and left you know Chris alone and, and a son in, in high school and another one in, in middle school. Yeah. And so obviously a devastating thing. And having watched sort of what happened with my, my friend Steve and, and knowing how much she loved Family Legacy, I ended up having the idea to let's build an orphanage mm-hmm. in Jana's name called Jana's House. And let's use this as a healing opportunity for for her and her her, ki- her kids and her husband and then the community. But also it's a legacy where, you know, her grandkids and great-grandkids one day, if they want to travel to Africa, can see how many kids have been pulled out of poverty and saved because of her legacy. And uh, you know what? It's been an incredible deal, and, and I, I couldn't think of a more fitting way to honor her. God, I just love it. You know, and I believe that through your generosity of building this house and gathering people, like our lives were, were touched because I know Nicole and the girls were working. Were you guys all there or was it Nicole and the girls that were there working the camp? So we went the first time when we opened the house, all, all five of us. And then since then, uh, Nicole and my two girls have been back twice. Wow. And so they've been three times now. 
um, to Zambia. And, you know, once you have that connection, because what's amazing about America, when you when you go someplace else in the world, it makes you want to appreciate our country. And Absolutely. you look at all of the, you know, division. Well, look, there's always been division over here. And people say it's worse now. I don't know it's worse now. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's there's social media and it's different now. Right. But you go over to these third world countries and there's not an American Red Cross. There's not, you know, mm-hmm. five million nonprofits. We have nonprofits everywhere. This right. is the most giving country in the world. And these folks in these other countries, they don't have anybody to do it. And so if we're able to, you know, save an orphan, bring people to Christ and grow the future of a country as a test lab, right. really from the least of us, uh, maybe there is a way that you can have lasting change in the world and it's you know through god's word and it's through those actions and and hopefully we can have long-lasting change but it'll be because of people that love jana mm-hmm. folks like jana uh in, a, in another crazy twist of fate the people that live directly across the street from me in houston without us knowing them or them knowing us had also built a house at yeah. family legacy <laughs> Uh, for a friend of theirs that had perished. So you don't think, you know, God's hands and oh, everything wow. you do, uh, yeah. it's pretty crazy to think of what are the odds of that. Man, I love that. Well, I remember when Nicole went and I was following closely along with her story and the girls and she had sent a request. Hey, if anybody wants to sponsor these children, well, it yep. overwhelmed our family. We were like, yes, we do. And so we were able to sponsor six little girls that we have on our fridge. But our goal is is um, for my 40th birthday to go over there and meet them. And what's so cool is they write us, you know, monthly and they're still asking about your girls and your family. And every time it's, you know, tell Victoria hello. And my kids really don't even know your kids, but they know, you know, so all these connections all because of the generosity and, you know, and Jana just falling in love with this community. It's just amazing how, you know, God works and how, you know, really if we take action, like you with your dreams or, you know, with this, with Gina, like what a difference we can make. I just love it. Well, I just appreciate your time so much. You are so full of wisdom and, you know, a mentor to Adam and I from early on in the tippy toes days to, to now. And I just appreciate you carving out a window to chat with me. Well, I appreciate it, Sarah. And look, it's it, what you just said it. Few people take the opportunity to jump in the pool. And that's what you guys did. With Tippy Toes, it's what Adam's done in every step of the way to go into positions of leadership to being where he is today. And so if I had one word of encouragement to, to folks, it's like, look, life is to be lived. Go do mm-hmm. it. And uh, there's no better time than the present. And it's not going to always be easy. It's going to be scary. Yeah. But jump in there. And if you follow your passion, you work hard, you surround yourself with good people, and you just show up every day. Uh, good things are going to happen to you. I promise you. I love it. I love it. We'll go win a World Series. We're rooting you on. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Okay, All right. we'll see you later. Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, you are destined for greatness.